Act Two of The Pirates of Penzance. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Pirates of Penzance, or The Slave of Duty, by William S. Gilbert and Sir Arthur Sullivan. Act Two. Scene. A ruined chapel by moonlight. Ales centre, right and left, divided by pillars and arches, ruined Gothic windows at back. Major General Stanley discovered a seat at right centre, pensively surrounded by his daughters. Frederick enters. Oh, Frederick, cannot you, in the calm excellence of your wisdom, reconcile it with your conscience to say something that will relieve my father's sorrow? I will try, dear Mabel. 
But why does he sit, night after night, in this drafty old ruin? Why do I sit here? To escape from the pirate's clutches, I described myself as an orphan. And heaven help me, I am no orphan. I came here to humble myself before the tombs of my ancestors and to implore their pardon for having brought dishonour upon the family escutcheon. But you forget, sir. You only bought the property a year ago, and the stucco on your baronial castle is scarcely dry. Frederick! In this chapel are ancestors, you cannot deny that. With the estate, I bought the chapel and its contents. I don't know whose ancestors they were, but I know whose ancestors they are, and I shudder to think that their descendant by purchase, if I may so describe myself, could have brought disgrace upon what... I have no doubt, was an unstained escutcheon. Be comforted. Had you not acted as you did, these reckless men would assuredly have called in the nearest clergyman, and have married your large family on the spot. I thank you for your proffered solace, but it is unavailing. I assure you, Frederick, such is the anguish and remorse that I feel at the abominable falsehood by which I escaped these easily deluded pirates that I would go to their simple-minded chief this very night, and confess all! Did I not fear that the consequences would be most disastrous to myself? At what time does your expedition march against these scoundrels? At eleven. And before midnight, I hope to have atoned for my involuntary association with the pestilent scourges by sweeping them from the face of the earth. And then, dear Mabel, you will be mine. Are your devoted followers at hand? They are. They only await my orders. Then, Frederick, let your escort lion-hearted Be summoned to receive a general's blessing Ere they depart upon their dread adventure Dear sir, they come And bears his steel. The uncomfortable feel. And we find the wisest thing is to slap our chests and sing. For when threatened with the mute, and your heart is in your boots. There is nothing brings it round like the trumpet's martial sound, like the trumpet's martial sound. Shall walk.
us it's evident His attentions are well meant Such expressions don't appear Calculated men to cheer Who are going to meet their fate In a highly nervous state Still to us it's evident These attentions are well meant Go and do your best endeavor And before all links we sever We will say farewell forever Go to glory and the grave Go to glory and the grave For your false are fierce and ruthless False and merciful and truthless Young and tender, old and truthless All in the name of mercy crave We observe to greater stress on the risks that on us press and of reference alack to our chance of coming back. Still, perhaps it would be wise not to carp or criticise, for it's very evident these attentions are well meant. Yes, it's very evident. These attentions are well meant. Evident. evident. Yes, well meant. Evident. Ah, yes, well meant. Such expressions herself from Frederick and exits, followed by her sisters consoling her. The Major-General and others follow the police off. Frederick remains alone. Now for the pirate's lair, oh joy unbounded, oh sweet relief, oh rapture unexampled, at last I may atone in some slight measure for repeated acts of theft and pillage which at a sense of duty stern dictation i circumstances victim have been guilty young frederick your late commander and i your little ruth oh mad intruders how dare ye face me I have doomed you to extermination 
slaughter. I do not think I ought to listen to you. Yet mercy should alloy our stern resentment. And so I will be merciful. Say on. For cranks and contradictions queer And with the laughter on our lips We wished you'd there to hear We said if we could tell it him How Frederick would the joke enjoy And so we'd risk both life and limb To tell it to our boy A paradox A paradox, a most ingenious paradox We quips and quibbles heard in flocks But none to beat this paradox A paradox, a paradox A most ingenious paradox Ha Some ridiculous reason, to which, however, I've no desire to be disloyal. Some person in authority, I don't know who, very likely the astronomer royal, has decided that although for a beastly month as February, 28 days as a rule are plenty, one year in every four, his days shall be reckoned as nine and twenty. Through some singular coincidence, I shouldn't be surprised if it were owing to the agency of an ill-natured fairy. You are the victim of this clumsy arrangement, having been born in leap year on the 29th of February. And so, by a simple arithmetical process, you'll easily discover that though you've lived 21 years, yet, if we go by birthdays, you're only five and a little bit over. <laughs> Dear me, let's see. Yes, yes, with yours my figures do agree. <laughs> How quaint the ways of paradox at common sense she gaily mocks. Though counting in the usual way, yes, twenty-one, I've been alive. Yet reckoning by my natal day, yet reckoning by my natal day. I am a little boy of five. He's a little boy of five. That paradox, that paradox, that most ingenious paradox. That paradox. King throw themselves back on seats, exhausted with laughter. Upon my word, this is most curious, most absurdly whimsical. Five and a quarter. 
No one would think it to look at me. You are glad now, I'll be bound, that you spared us. You would never have forgiven yourself when you discovered that you had killed two of your comrades. My comrades? Rises. I'm afraid you don't appreciate the delicacy of your position. You were apprenticed to us. Until I reached my twenty-first year. No, until you reached your twenty-first birthday. Producing document. And going by birthdays, you are as yet only five and a quarter. You don't mean to say you are going to hold me to that? No, we merely remind you of the fact, and leave the rest to your sense of duty. Your sense of duty. Wildly. Don't put it on that footing. As I was merciful to you just now, be merciful to me. I implore you not to insist on the letter of your bond just as the cup of happiness is at my lips. We insist on nothing. We content ourselves with pointing out to you your duty. After a pause. Well, you have appealed to my sense of duty, and my duty is only too clear. I abhor your infamous calling. I shudder at the thought that I have ever been mixed up with it. But duty is before all. At any price, I will do my duty. Bravely spoken. Come, you are one of us once more. Lead on. I follow. Suddenly. Oh, horror! What, what is, is the, the matter? matter? Ought I to tell you? No, no, I cannot do it. And yet, as one of your band... Speak out! I charge you by that sense of conscientiousness to which we have never yet appealed in vain. General Stanley, the father of my Mabel. Yes, yes. He escaped from you on the plea that he was an orphan. He did. It breaks my heart to betray the honoured father of the girl I adore, but as your apprentice I have no alternative. It is my duty to tell you that General Stanley is no orphan. What? More than that. He never was one. Am I to understand that to save his contemptible life he dared to practice on our credulous simplicity? Frederick nods as he weeps. Our revenge shall be swift and terrible. We will go and collect our band and attack Tremorden Castle this very night. But stay. Not a word. He is doomed. Away, away, my heart's on fire. I burn this base deception to repay. This very day, my vengeance ire shall put itself in gore. Away, away. Away, away, ere I expire. I find my duty hard to do today. My heart is filled with anguish dire. It strikes me to the core. Away, away. With falsehood foul, he tricked us of our bride. That vengeance how the pirate so decides. Our nation's he softened with his lies, and in return tonight the traitor dies. Yes, yes, tonight the traitor dies. Yes, yes, tonight the traitor dies. Tonight he dies. It's our early tomorrow. His girls likewise. They will welter in sorrow. The ones of spot. In their natures they cherish. And all the plot. To abuse it shall perish. Tonight he dies. It's our early tomorrow. His girls likewise they will welter in sorrow. Tonight, the traitor dies. Away, away, tonight, 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 the traitor dies.
exeunt King and Ruth. Frederick throws himself on a stone in blank despair. Enter Mabel. All is prepared. Your gallant crew await you. My Frederick in tears. It cannot be that lion hide fails at the coming conflict. No, Mabel, no. A terrible disclosure has just been made. Mabel, my dearly loved one, I bound myself to serve the pirate captain until I reached my one and twentieth birthday. But you are twenty-one. I've just discovered that I was born in leap year and that birthday will not be reached by me till 1940. Oh, horrible! Catastrophe appalling! And so Uh... 
1940, I of age shall be. I'll then return and claim you, I declare it. It seems so long. Swear that till then you will be true to me. Yes, be strong, by all the Stanleys dead and gone. For joy as laughter, she will be faithful to her sooth till we are wed and ever after. Oh, here is love, and here is truth. Oh, here is love, and here is truth. She will be faithful to her sooth till we are wed and even after. Till we are wed and even after. Frederick rushes to window and leaps out, almost fainting. Oh, I am brave, oh, family descent, how great thy charm, thy sway, how excellent. Come one and all, undaunted men in blue, a crisis long appears are coming to. And in mind, we are timidly inclined, and anything but blind to the danger that's behind. Yet when the danger's near, we manage to appear as insensible to fear as anybody here as anybody sergeant approach young frederick was to have led you to death and glory that, that is, is not, not a pleasant, pleasant way, way of putting it. it. No matter. He will not so lead you, for he has allied himself once more with his old associates. He, he has, has acted, acted shamefully. shamefully. You speak falsely. You know nothing about it. He has acted nobly. He, he has, has acted, acted nobly. Dearly as I loved him before, his heroic sacrifice to his sense of duty has endeared him to me tenfold. But if it was his duty to constitute himself my foe, it is likewise my duty to regard him in that light. He has done his duty. I will do mine. Go ye and do yours. Exit Mabel. Right-o. This is perplexing. We, we cannot, cannot understand, understand it at all. Still, as he is actuated by a sense of duty, that, that makes, makes a, a difference, difference, of course. Of course. At the same time, we repeat, we cannot understand it at all. No matter. Our course is clear. We must do our best to capture these pirates alone. 
it is most distressing to us to be the agents whereby our erring fellow-creatures are deprived of that liberty which is so dear to us all but we should have thought of that before we joined the force we, we should. should it is too late now it, it is, is. felon's not engaged in his employment, his employment or maturing his felonious little plan little plan his capacity for innocent enjoyment and enjoyment is just as great as any honest man's honest man our feelings we with difficulty smother not his mother when constabulary duties to be done to be done i take one consideration with another with another a policeman's lot is not a happy one. Oh, constabulary duties to be done, to be done. A policeman's lot is not a happy one. Happy one. When the enterprising burglar's not a burglar, not a burglar. When the cutthroat isn't occupied in crime, Fighting crime. He loves to hear the little brooker gurgling, brooker gurgling. And listen to the merry village chime. village chime When the coster's finished jumping on his mother, on his mother. He loves to lie a-basking in the sun, in the sun. I take one consideration with another, with another. A policeman's lot is not a happy one. Oh, when well, any duties to be done, to be done, a policeman's lot is not a happy one. Happy one. Chorus of parrots without in the distance. Hush, hush, I hear them on the manor poaching. With stealthy step the pirates are approaching. We are not coming for plate or gold, a story General Stanley told. We seek a penalty fiftyfold for General Stanley's story. We seek a penalty fiftyfold, we seek a penalty fiftyfold. We seek a penalty fiftyfold for General Stanley's story. They come in force with stealthy stride. Our obvious course is now to hide. Take another 
And your center bit, your life preserver, you may want to hit your silent matches, your dark lantern seas. Take your file and your skeletonic keys. <laughs>
Deceit, you worked upon our feelings. Revenge is sweet and flavors all our dealings. With courage rare and resolution manly, for death repair unhappy General Stanley. Triumph will not be long lived. 
don't say you're orphans, for we know that came. On your allegiance we've a stronger claim. We charge you yield. We charge you yield in Queen Victoria's name. You do. We charge you yield in Queen Victoria's name. We yield at once with humbled mien, because with all our faults we love our Queen. Yes, yes, with all them at the bar. One moment. Let me tell you who they are. They are no members of the common throng. They are all noblemen who have gone wrong. They are all noblemen who man unmoved that statement hears because with all our faults we <laughs> love our house of peers I pray you pardon me ex-pirate king peers will be peers and youth will have its fling resume your ranks and legislative duties and take my daughters all of whom are beauties It's true.
End of Act Two. End of Opera: The Pirates of Penzance or the Slave of Duty, by William S. Gilbert and Sir Arthur Sullivan.